time I checked, I was still a kid. Childish, childish. This all freaks me out a bit. Hey, after you drop off the kids or put them to bed, turn on Childish with real life friends and podcasting virtuosos Greg Fitzsimmons and Allison Rosen. Laugh about the struggles and joys of parenthood. Grow closer to your children. Learn something useful or not. Maybe feel less alone. And maybe even put the spark back into your love life. Childish is for people who are parents or had parents. If you had no parents, maybe check out WTF with Mark Marin. Subscribe to Childish. New episodes coming soon wherever you listen to podcasts. Childish, oh shit. Last time I checked, I was still a kid. Childish, childish. This all freaks me out a bit. Childish, oh shit. How can I pet when I'm still a kid? Childish, oh shit. Allison Rosen. Allison Rosen is your new best friend. Allison, Allison. Hey everyone. Hi. Hello. Welcome to another episode of Allison Rosen is your new best friend. My like three month into 2019 resolution is to be better about introducing guests because I feel like often I'm like, Hey, welcome to the show. Hello, name of person. And then we jump right into it. And then uh, people are like, wait, I need to hear more about who they are. So let's see how I do. Actress, comedian, author, writer, and producer, Jamie Lee, you know her from Girl Code, tons of late night sets, Chelsea Lately, and most recently as a producer and actress on HBO's Crashing, which sadly it was just announced that it's not coming back, and we'll get into that. Um, she played Allie Reeson, who was Pete Holmes' love interest, and also she went out with him in real life many years ago, which we'll get into. She also authored Ridiculous, an unfiltered guide to being a bride, which from my uh, social media stalking, I think is becoming a TV TV show, maybe. Hello, Jamie Lee. Welcome. Oh, it's so nice to be here. Did that intro feel appropriate? Did it feel, did I get anything wrong? No, it was, I mean, it was thorough. Thank you. And it felt nice to have uh, credits repeated back at me. It's always good to remember that you do things. Did, did, my, <laughs> did my energy feel good when I did it? It was great. Okay. I really liked <laughs> Any it. Any notes? I'm I just kidding. I fully approved. Also, you pronounced my book right, which is no easy feat because oh, ha- it's a made-up word. A lot of people call it wetalicious <laughs> because on the cover, it's like kind of a fancy font. And so people see it and they're like, what is that? Wetalicious? And I'm like, no, it's ridiculous. Another made-up word. Right. Yeah. Um, um, it's so good to have you here. It's so good to be here. You were last on the show in 2012, which I didn't realize wow, it was so long ago. It was that long ago. Mm-hmm. Whoa. So we have a lot TBT. to catch up on. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Um, okay. First of all, I so I um, I host a, another podcast called Childish with Greg Fitzsimmons, who also worked on Crashing. I love Greg. And I would always ask him... What is that like for Jamie and Pete, who used to go out, but who now are both married to other people? What is that like to do sex scenes? You guys are... (laughs) Just to play opposite each other. I know what you Um, mean. You guys are both... 
you were both so good on that show. Thank you. This is this is now a question with a little bit of another question in there because the little bit of the other question in there is like, you're comedians. How are you so good at acting? But the main question is, what was that like to uh, play each other's love interest? Yeah, I think that. Well, I mean, we dated so long ago. It was like ten years ago at this point that I think we've been friends and coworkers so much longer than we ever Mm. dated. So I feel like for us, that's like that's kind of our primary role and uh i think that makes it a lot easier because almost like the fact that we dated feels like oh I, like i don't i can't like easily access what that mm-hmm. was even like because <laughs> we've been the other thing for so much longer right um but uh but it is good because i think like we do have a natural understanding of each other so in scenes like when we are acting i think we're able we sort of have a shorthand um, where I feel like we just communicate really effectively mm-hmm. and like we do naturally really like listen to each other. And I think that comes across in scenes right. where like literally acting is reacting or whatever they say, <laughs> um, whatever the greats say. Uh, yeah. So I feel like that was that was pretty easy to achieve. What was that? What is that like for your husband and for his wife? That's really interesting. I I, I don't think either of them are that I don't know. I actually haven't really talked to my husband that much about it, but he was on set when we kissed um, in this past season and like kind of we didn't really talk about it or Mm -hmm. I don't know, but not like in an unhealthy, like we don't talk about it. (laughs) Not like that. Just kind of like it's kind of like whatever you're acting. Yeah. He also acts. So I think he gets it like he's definitely like done commercials and things where he's like had to play like a woman's husband and right. all these things and probably had to kiss. So like, I don't know. It's just kind of like, there's no, there's no real, like there's not really an issue to actually worry about mm-hmm. there. I don't think. And then my, my question that I smuggled into the bigger question, did you study acting? You're I so, did. you're so good. You're oh, so natural. That's so nice. Um, yeah, I did. I studied it in high school a little bit. And then I started out as a theater major in college before kind of panicking and switching to communications. Cause mm-hmm. I thought it was more, um, practical and, uh, yeah. And my grandmother told me that I was crazy for studying acting. And she was like, I remember actually her telling me, do you really want to put all of your eggs in that basket? Mm. That was like the exact quote. <laughs> and I remember she like, sounds supportive. Yeah. She <laughs> may she rest in peace. Um, but she, uh, she really did like have kind of a hook in me, mm-hmm. um, throughout like my entire adolescence and into my college years. And so if she ever like disapproved, I would always sort of like listen to it a little too closely versus mm-hmm. taking it with a grain of salt. And looking back, I should have just been like, yeah, I'm going to, do acting like Mm -hmm. i like it and i feel like if you're if you like something and you go for it you know it's not an easy profession but i do think that the stars could align i mean it does align for people so like maybe try and just go for it and if you fail you fail Mm -hmm. but at least you went for it was do you think she was where do you think she was coming from she's just a she was just a very like fear-based person um and just pretty pretty judgmental she was also like very warm and sweet and grandma like Mm -hmm. in all those ways but then she did kind of have this underbelly to her personality that was just like you know would say things like that she'd comment on my weight a lot um yeah so she kind of had this dichotomy to her personality where it's like oh 
I love you. So good to see you. Do you really want to study acting? Like it was always this kind of like, <laughs> right? Yeah, it would rear its ugly head. Was so. she your mom's mom or your dad's mom? Mom's mom. And I know from our last, um, I, I re-listened. I do not have this good of memory. <laughs> I re-listened to Aww. our last episode. Um, and you, you and I share something, which is that we both had parents who are still together, but who fought a lot. Yeah, growing up. Oh so like God, a very yes. kind of chaotic home very yes um how did your and your parents were music promoters yeah concert promoters right 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 um how did your parents feel about entertainment and acting um my dad is like supportive almost to a fault where like if i say i want to do anything he's like oh yeah you should do that yeah it sounds great like he sounds like hank hill from (laughs) king of the hill you grew up in texas yeah yeah and uh and then my mom initially like when i first quit my job to pursue stand-up when i was like 26 um she was that the you you wrote press releases for comedy Comedy central Central, yeah see putting your communications degree to yes (laughs) exactly but that was it it's like i i was like really wanting to like act and perform but then like my more sort of practical doubtful side swooped in and was like, or you could just like kind of be adjacent mm-hmm. to people who perform, um, which is essentially what I was doing when I worked at Comedy Central. I was kind of like circling around comedy versus doing it. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, I think the lesson is that if you have a thing you know you want to do, you will probably end up doing it. So you should just start doing it right. sooner rather than later versus being like, well, maybe I'll just like write press releases about comedy, <laughs> which is fine. It was a really good skill. And I actually do think I learned a lot from that job just in terms of like how to be a professional. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, ultimately it's like everything just led back to the same place I knew it was going to lead to, but I did sort of, you know, go off and take, you know, tangents on my little road trip. Cause I was like, Oh, it's scary to admit that you want to pursue the thing that you're constantly told is the scariest thing to pursue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I cut you off. You were I also saying- think I didn't answer your question. <laughs> well, I've, you, I think I cut you off because I think you were starting to say when you quit your job yes. to pursue stand-up, yes. something about your mom's reaction. Oh, yes. Right. <laughs> okay. I swear I'm not high. Um, <laughs> yeah. I. Uh, oh, yeah. My mom, when I told her I was going to leave my job, she really panicked and she didn't talk to me for a few days, which she's never done. She is not a passive aggressive mm-hmm. person. Um, she's also not she's also supportive. So it was strange because her reaction was like, well, I mean, if something goes wrong, I can't help you. Like basically their business was falling apart sort of at that time. And I think she was really scared. Like I literally cannot help you. If like you need someone to like pay your rent one month, I won't be that person to do that for you. Mm -hmm. So like, I think it was just coming from a place of like, I can't help you. I really hope it works out. (laughs) And then how, I don't think we talked about this last time. How how did it how was that transition for you? Uh it was it, it, it really scary at first. Uh quitting your job and learning how to structure your days when you're used to sort of having your structure handed to you mm-hmm. uh through like your corporate situation. Mm-hmm. Um I think that that is a pretty big adjustment to make and I felt really lost like I was just kind of like okay I wake up 
no one needs me. Like <laughs> I don't need to be anywhere. I was nannying part time, but that didn't start until like 4 PM. Mm-hmm. So I would just have all day. And I was like, what do you do? Because all I want to do is stand up and that's at night. And even if you like take time during the, the day to write, you're not going to write for that many hours, like unless you're on cocaine, like that's (laughs) not really what an artist's life looks like. It's a lot of waiting. Mm -hmm. So that was really hard for me because I'm pretty anxious. And at the time now I meditate, which helps me a lot. Um, but at the time I'm like, I was just winging it. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't even know what my life was like before I started meditating because I have such bad anxiety. I'm like, Oh, I just was like walking around suffering all the time. Do do you find uh, so what do you do for your anxiety? Is it just meditation or do you have do other stuff too? Mostly just meditation. I mean, I, I definitely like work out pretty rigorously because it's impossible to think about anything else if you're like really like panting on a mm-hmm. treadmill. So it is kind of meditative in its own way. But yeah, meditation really helped me a lot. Like I just, I'm, I feel a lot less sad. Mm-hmm. I really spent a lot of my life, like my default setting was like sad and worried. Mm. And now I'm just kind of like, fine. When you say sad, do you mean depressed or do you yeah. make a distinction? Uh, I think there were depressive elements, but like I was never someone, and I hope this doesn't sound like a cliche version of depression, but like I never slept in or like, you know, like I never went into isolation or any of those mm-hmm. types of things. I've always been like, I like being around people. Um, but yeah, I mean, I would just have spiraling, exhausting, spiraling thoughts all day long, mm-hmm. literally just like self-hatred doubt type of thoughts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now I feel like I, they'll creep in, but they don't consume me or determine the outcome of my day the Mm -hmm. way they used to Mm -hmm. yeah um i would cry a lot like it was that kind of thing yeah yeah and now i'm like even when crashing got canceled i was like i didn't cry not that that's bad crying's Mm -hmm. not bad crying can be really healing but i was like oh i guess i'm i'm just like a little less reactive than i used Mm -hmm. to be yeah have you gone to therapy i have i started seeing a new therapist who i love um, but I've only gone like two times, but she's really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, I can, go, I go like, I'm going to try to go once a week. Can you say more about your meditation practice? Sure. Um, it's not fancy at all. I just do headspace. Oh, I, oh, oh, you posted about the cravings. Yes. Um, and I started listening to it at the very end of my pregnancy. Um, and, but I kept falling asleep, but oh, yeah, I, I love headspace too. I love Headspace. I mean, I've I've downloaded a couple of other apps just to like kind of keep it fresh for myself. <laughs> like maybe I'll dip into Headspace one day and then into like Calm the next. But um, I think Headspace is the... I've seen the most results with Headspace, so I don't really see a reason to leave yet. Like I did one of the Calm app meditations and it was great, but... I like how Headspace is like a 30-day mm-hmm. pack. I like the the concept of like it takes a month to change because um, that is sort of what you hear. So I, there's something nice about like you're going to work on this for a full month. Like it doesn't yeah. feel like a quick fix, which I like. Um, I definitely need to delve into crashing and ridiculous more, but 
But first, because we are talking about this now, I had forgotten that you were posting that you always had kind of an unhealthy relationship with food. Mm, always. Yes. Which I, I like I related to everything you had said in that. Um, what was your relationship with food like and what's it like now? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's definitely an ongoing issue. Um, when I was, I guess it started pretty young. Like I remember one summer when I was like 13 or 14, I decided that I was going to start doing slim fast and I would do two shakes a day. So I was replacing two meals with like mm-hmm. 120 calories or whatever it was, 220 <laughs> right. calories. Yeah. I don't think it was much more than that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was drinking the two shakes a day and then I would eat like mac and cheese for dinner. Just like no nutrition. I'm pretty sure Slim Fast has sugar, I think. Mm-hmm. I don't, don't quote me on that, but definitely was just like not balanced. And so I think my dieting started young because my mom was always on a diet Mm -hmm. my whole life always on a diet we had lots of like you know fat free sugar free foods in the house uh, a lot of snack wells Mm -hmm. you know um so i guess that was kind of the message and then when i got older i started to gain weight from my yo-yo dieting because mm-hmm. I would go through like a binge and restrict cycle. Um, and so I started to really gain weight in high school. And then my grandmother and my aunt uh, called me on three-way to do an intervention. Oh, no. And they were just like, and it was really abrupt. I remember my grandmother just kind of having like a cut the shit attitude where she was like, she's like, come on, Jamie. I mean, like, what's going on with you? You've gotten so heavy. Like, you just need to lose the weight. And it was like, just this thing of like, you just need to lose the weight. And it's like, yeah, if someone's gained weight pretty rapidly, I would say they know you don't need to give them a heads <laughs> right. up. Like they're right. living in their own body and their own experience. How old were you? I was, that was probably when I was like 16 or 17. Oh my gosh. This is, I like my, Maybe my soul 18. is wrinkling up and perishing. Yeah. And it was just, uh, yeah. And then that, and like, um, in high school it got really bad cause I was pretty, I was pretty depressed in high school. I don't think I knew I was depressed then, but like I was wearing like pajama pants to school. Um, I mean, kind of, that was a trend a little mm-hmm. bit at the time, but it was definitely more like, no, I just don't have the energy to dress myself and right. put on makeup. <clears throat> I never wore makeup to school ever. I was mm-hmm. always like looking like I rolled out of bed. And then on the weekend, specifically on Sundays, I would gear up for like the biggest binge of my life. I would go to the grocery store and buy like pound cake and like um, biscuits like Pillsbury biscuits and like just tons of like bread mm-hmm. and I would sit in bed literally all day not hang out with anyone and I would watch TV and eat in bed and then Monday I would like not eat mm-hmm. because I was like oh well we're gonna start the diet starts tomorrow classic right. classic phrasing so yeah it just was like so bad <laughs> it was so bad and now I'm in this place where I I think with the Headspace Coping with Cravings app, plus just maturity, I've gotten to a place where I've like, I've got to start like accepting the way I look mm-hmm. because I'm going to die soon. Like, I know that's an exaggeration. No, I know what you mean, But though. it is that thing of like, grow up. Like, it's all just 
you know, it's it's advertising. It's uh, you know, the patriarchy. It's I mean, it's corny. I I feel like when you mention the patriarchy, ultimately, it just sort of sounds like too heavy handed. Where you're like, you relax, like it's cartoonish, <laughs> but it is. I yeah. mean, a little bit. It right. is, and um, and it is just kind of like misogyny and all these other things where you're like, yeah, I've just got to be bigger and better than that. Mm-hmm. Like I can't let that rule my life. Um, so now I'm in a place where I definitely I've never. I've never not eaten. That's never been my personal situation. It's always binge and restrict. It's like eat mm-hmm. way too much and then like starve yourself the next. Well, I guess that's not eating. So yeah, I mean, it's not, it's not great. <laughs> I know guys. what you mean. What you're it's saying. Great. You're, it sounds like you're saying your problem was, has never been anorexia. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But, but orthorexia is definitely a new that's thing. That's exercising, right? No, orthorexia, I believe oh. is where you think you're obsessed with healthy eating. Right. Um, which is also a problem. Yeah. And that's, that's a new word that I learned and a new, uh, thing that I'm now trying to be cognizant of because Mm. especially because I started working out more and I do love it. I really do. I think it's important and it makes me, it's just, it's just been really good for me, just making me feel like strong and empowered Mm. and all those things. Um, but with that comes, you know, fitness culture, which is, I mean, I literally had, um, I worked with this trainer when I went home for the holidays. He just like had a gym near my parents' house. So I joined it for the week and he was like, I was like, you know, uh, yeah, I try to eat like 80, 20. And he was like, yeah, you need to be closer to a hundred, a hundred. And I was like, wait, what does that mean? That means like, so I was like basically saying I eat, I eat well 80% oh, of the I time see. and 20% of the I time see. I kind of just like let loose. Mm-hmm. And he was like, no, nah, you need to be more 100, 100. And I was like, oh, I need to be perfect. That's an insane ask. Yeah. But that is also the culture. This is someone who is in great shape and right. feels great and looks great. And they're like, if you want to be great, you got to eat great. And I was <laughs> so just much like, pressure. fuck. <laughs> But it kind of stuck with me. And then mm-hmm. I was like, but sticking to 100, 100, is that coming from a place of really wanting what's best for my body? Or is that coming from a place of really wanting to look, quote unquote, good? Yeah. Or quote unquote, banging. And all- <laughs> I mean, really. Who doesn't want to look banging? I know. But it's very chicken or the egg. And yeah. it, you have to ask yourself, like, are you doing it for the right reasons or mm-hmm. are you doing it? from a place of self-hatred and also which is so hard to distinguish right right and i was gonna suggest there might be a third one which is just like wanting to live by a strict regimen because that feels because control feels good yes (laughs) absolutely yeah it's so funny like i used to not like when people use that the term like control freak i was like oh that's not me like Mm -hmm. i am not a perfectionist at all I'm very like, I'll turn in like B plus work most of the time. (laughs) Um, But I was like, oh, but maybe I, maybe I am though. Like maybe Mm. in that way I really am. And yeah, I don't know. Um, Question though, you are svelte and that's, well, thank you. See, and even saying thank you, it shouldn't matter. No, I know. And as I was saying it, I'm like, but it is a, it is a thing where I'm like, well, I'm kind of going for that. (laughs) I don't want to be going for that. But I am. I don't know. And as I said it, I'm like, but you're not even supposed to ever comment on a woman's figure. But, the, but, but, but I my, know what you mean. But you're slender. And mm. I, for, for the entire time that I've known you, known of you, I would, I would, re, I would think of you as, as, um, slender petite. Mm. And this another, another descriptor. Oh, that they're all Jamila yeah. Jamil would be very upset with us right now. 
Oh, what is her? What's is her platform? Her? Or is it Jamila? No, it's Jimmy. She's from the good right. place. Jamila. Yeah, yeah, I know who um, she is. She's great. Yeah, she's great. But I just feel what, like, yeah, I feel like I saw something <laughs> on Instagram. She has, she she has been speaking out a lot about the patriarchy and yes. about airbrushing and yes. about which I really. Yeah, I really hate it. Yeah, no, yeah. she's great. She's, I also she's feel strongly about the airbrushing. Very, like her platform. I don't know if it's a platform, but her thing is just that, like, as women, as humans, we're so much more than just what we weigh and what we eat. So let's not let's not make let's not use that as a way to like hold ourselves back. Absolutely. And, yeah. Well, I love that she. Yeah, I mean, I also I also feel that, and I think that that's also what you struggle with is like. like you know you know better you know better right and that's that is like the maturity thing i was talking about where i'm like i'm just trying to get to this place like what she's saying jamila jamila jamil jamila jamil is that how it's pronounced i think so that looks right i think that's right okay yeah Yeah, i'm trying to get to a place where like that 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 is truly how i feel and i follow on instagram a lot of like body positive like models but also just like people mm-hmm. um and models are people obviously um but you know what i mean like i've been following a lot like you know where they really like celebrate their stretch marks and celebrate their cellulite yeah. which i've i've had cellulite literally since i was 11 years mm-hmm. old like it started young it runs in my family I got a lot of polish broads in my family <laughs> it's a lot of varicose veins and cellulite uh-huh. like it's just my background <laughs> and it's been really validating it sounds so like simplistic but it's been really validating to see those images and be like mm-hmm. oh yeah their bodies are also great like it's all yeah it's all fake it's all just like we're being sold this ridiculous message mm-hmm. and like we have to do better in terms of like also embracing different body types like on television and stuff like right. my friend phoebe robinson and i we talk a lot about or we used to talk a lot about how um i think i told phoebe i wanted to i think i was probably it was more in like a diet phase and she was like no you just need to be the size you want to be and then Mm. that's just your size and then that's people are like that's just your size i love that and i was like oh it's so simple yeah and it's true like you're not really analyzing people in that way Mm -hmm. you just do it to yourself you don't i don't right i don't that's not how i think of other people at all it's actually the opposite Mm -hmm. i'm like i hope they don't change yeah please don't change well that well so that's what i wanted to ask you don't have excess I like you don't have any excess weight on you um uh and haven't for a long but okay i I hear you (laughs) i hear your i hear what you have stated haven't for a long time however you're saying that in high school you did have a weight problem not problem just extra weight (laughs) yeah you did have weight yeah um a weight occurrence (laughs) you had a weight event i had an event um at what point did you lose it and was that and like unhealthy journey and do you feel pressure to be thin in hollywood Ooh, um Those okay are a lot of first part i love i first of all really love how you ask questions really yes <laughs> and a lot at once i love it because <laughs> you, you also you're you're you have a it's a stream of consciousness consciousness that is very easy to follow oh thank you yeah it's really like it's kind of wonderful because thank you also you so are much. opening it up to where i can answer it anyway and none of it's right and none of it's wrong and it's very like it's very sweet and validating thank you. i really love it um but the first part of the question was did I lose the weight? I lost the weight in college, um, junior year. I went to Italy with my parents. Um, and when I was there, I kind of just 
stopped eating. Um, not in a, I mean, it definitely was like diet related, but mm-hmm. also because I was like the summertime and we were in Italy and like, I wasn't, I wasn't starving myself by any means, but I was just like, I don't know. I'm feeling so like sexy and Italian. Like, I don't know. I'll just like have some like tomatoes for lunch and that'll be it. Like, it was just very like whimsical and Mm -hmm. ridiculous. And then when I came back, but I also was eating pasta. I wasn't like, I just wasn't eating a lot Mm -hmm. because I was like, and it was very hot out. And I don't know. I was like in a bathing suit half the time. So you're not just like gorging yourself like while you're on the beach. Like it kind of, they kind of, that doesn't really like match up. Mm Mm-hmm as far as an activity goes. So <laughs> I, yes. Yeah, so then when I got back junior year, I just kind of continued it. And, but I was being very crazy about what I would eat. I remember my diet was one cheese thing a day. That was a, <laughs> that was a rule and no butter, which is ridiculous because now you know, the French eat tons of butter right. and it's not, that's, this was pre keto. That doesn't make that. you yeah. fat. And also like it, it was just like a weird restriction I placed. Mm-hmm. And then I was also working out all the time because there was nothing else to do in mm-hmm. college. Like truly during the day, you're, if you're not taking that many classes, like you, you can go to the gym for two hours. Mm-hmm. It's an event. <laughs> so I would go and just like elliptical and like watch the Scott Peterson trial. <laughs> and like, that was kind of my life. And mm-hmm. I ended up getting down in Abercrombie, I remember, which is what I was wearing at the time. I ended up getting down to a zero. Wow. And uh, it only lasted like a month, mm-hmm. but I remember being like, holy shit. Like, yeah. You've done it. Yeah. <laughs> which is so, and then immediately gained it back. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it wasn't going to last forever. Right. N- nor should it. Um, but yeah. And what then, were you before? Like, what were you when this I've intervention? Been like a four, six. Wait, that the, the intervention happened when you were oh, four or six? Sorry. Oh, no. Okay. No. Uh, I dropped some of that weight uh, sophomore year. Mm-hmm. Then Italy happened, dropped a lot of weight right. th- all through junior year. Most of junior year, I was like a zero to a two. And uh, yeah, in high school, I was up to like a 12, 14, mm-hmm. which still isn't. Right. It's fine. It's, it's great. It's mm-hmm. great. It's a great number. It doesn't matter. It, it, it didn't pass muster with your relatives, though. <laughs> no. And also, you know, I, it was also like, it'd be different, I think, if that were my size and I was eating well and like mm-hmm. active and feeling right. good. I was literally just sitting in bed eating biscuits. Like yeah. it was bad. Mm-hmm. It was coming from a sad, emotional, emotional right. eating place right. for sure. I mean, very emotional. Do and, yeah. and do you feel pressure to um to be thin in Hollywood and auditioning and being yeah, on camera? Yeah, I go, you know, I go back and forth because there are some days where I think about like what Phoebe had said to me and I was like, "You know what? I'm not I'm not like coming at it from like an a- I'm not coming at acting from a pure acting standpoint. I'm also a writer mm-hmm. and I um I'm a stand-up and I'm like, you know, I also look up to people who are really body positive and represent different images. And so there's part of me that's like, that's, that's my route. And that's the route that it needs to be not just for myself, but for generations to come, like lead by example, look like a woman, like just do it. Mm -hmm. And then there is the other part of me that's like, well, I haven't booked something recently. Is it because they don't like my body? Like, I don't know. Or Mm -hmm. like, or they think my face is falling off because I'm in my (laughs) thirties. Like, I don't know. And you'll never hear. So all you can really do is just, 
I don't know. I don't have a great a great answer. I feel like the honest answer is I vacillate. Mm-hmm. And also my weight vacillates for that reason because I'm vacillating in terms of just what what do I want to put out there. Right. Oh, I know. I know so much what you mean. Um like I love that Amy Schumer looks pregnant in the promos that I've seen for her new Netflix um special. Yes. And yet I Gain, uh, gained a lot of weight with my first pregnancy, lost it, and was like, I'm, I'm definitely not going to gain very much weight the next time. Like that's going to be my, my, my whole thing is I'm, I'm not going to gain much weight when I get pregnant. And then of course, like I gained the exact same amount plus ten, <laughs> and I'm just like, that's just what my body does when I'm pregnant. But yeah, you're I, making a baby. You're making a life. I want to hear the rest of this. I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh no, no, I it's just, okay. Yeah. No, I'm. This I'm, is yeah. The look ahead. on my face is that I, I wish I. I wish it w- it could be as simple as that for me. Like, I wish I was just like, I'm making a baby. So it comes with the extra pounds. But instead, like, it's just, I'm just not fully, I'm partly there. I'm not fully there. Yeah. Um, But I, but so anyway, on the one hand, I'm like, that's so, I love, I love that Amy Schumer is like a human being. And you're like, yeah, this is happening in her life right now. And you can see it. And yet I stopped at a certain point, I stopped posing for picture the podcast pictures, and I've just been using people's press pictures because I'm like, I don't like pictures of myself right oh. now. Um, and in fact, I will need some press photos of you. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, okay. But that's, yeah, I mean, what you're saying is like, yeah, it's so funny because my advice, I mean, I feel it and not, not in a wanting to like placate you and make you feel better or different than you're feeling but i genuinely don't see you or any other woman the way i see myself mm-hmm. and i and that's that's none the, of us do that's what's really a mind fuck because i if i did then i could at least tap into like well that's a thing i need to work on in terms of like being judgmental or be, i mean i'm like no it, it actually isn't how it registers when right. i like when i look at like whoever pregnant mm-hmm. you know on the, i don't even know how to the terms to talk about it has more weight on them has, <laughs> has a weight, weight event. on them has a weight event <laughs> i don't i just doesn't register that way yeah. and i and i i just wish that that was like something i could translate to myself because it's it, then that's when you know it's not about weight so it's like yes. what is that what is that issue underneath? It's got to be like a shame control situation mm-hmm. or an anxiety, uh, a manifestation of anxiety. Absolutely. Cause I used to, it's also like a game. It's like a yes. game. It's like a game that you just play with yourself. It's like, totally. I'm not playing games on my phone. I just play games with my weight. Yes, totally. Yeah. I used, when I had um, an audition or a meeting or anything that I was nervous about, I would step on the scale. <gasps> and God. if it, if my weight was up a couple pounds, I'd be like, I have to postpone this meeting or whatever. And if, no. it, if it was down, this is like years ago, some, some years ago. And yeah. if it was down, I was like, and by the way, I was like, I would step on the scale and like hold my breath mm. and close my, eye. it was like this solemn thing. And then I'd open them. And if it was down a few pounds, I'd be like, Oh my God, how did that happen? That's like a miracle. I guess I am ready for the meeting. And I remember a therapist pointing out that will, when you are feeling anxious, the scale will always be your, your, or your weight or your body will always be your go-to. And like, I think it really isn't about, it wasn't about that. It really was just like, I'm anxious. And then it's this manifestation of it. Yeah. That's so interesting. Yeah. Like, 
Yeah, I remember I just I haven't weighed myself in a while, but I remember between seasons two and three of Crashing, you have to get uh you have to get a physical with like they they have like a cast doctor that they hire and he he does physicals and he told me that my weight had gone up uh I believe it was maybe eight or ten pounds since the season before. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, I don't understand. I I eat well and I'm so active and I was just like, I don't know what's happening. And, and I was like, maybe it's my thyroid. I had my thyroid checked. It's not my thyroid. And I was just like, I don't know. But I also, it's like, who fuck yeah, cares? cares? Get a life. That's like what I tell mm-hmm. myself. It's like, and also I am, I'm doing all the things. I work out. I don't sit around. And right. if I am eating, it's because I need fuel to think. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just so... I just wish I didn't care. I wish I cared in the right way, which is right. just to be like, healthy. oh, yeah, you should be healthy because think of all of the benefits that come with being healthy. Right. Like, you feel smarter. You feel savvier. You mm-hmm. feel like your best version of yourself. All those things are 100% true. You don't have brain fog the same way. Right. But... When it's coming from this place of yeah. like, do I look okay? <laughs> it's I know, like, no, I know, I know. News. Um, I also like every birthday. I haven't for haven't for the last couple of years, but for a long time, for every birth every birthday, I would wake up and think, I am officially too old to be this insecure, or I'm mm. too old to still be like needing permission from people. And I don't know. So just, that's just something you said made me think of that. Just, Oh, just the, that with maturity, you sort of realize that like, you don't want your life to be about this. Yeah. Um, I relate to that a lot. Okay. Let's talk about crashing. Okay. Because, uh, I know that plenty of people listening and plenty of people in this room, and this includes guest producer, Tony Thaxton. Hello. Yes. Hello. Um, are uh, bummed that it got canceled. Yeah, it's sad. But also, I feel like we had a nice, a nice conclusive episode. Mm-hmm. Maybe not as conclusive as people would have wanted, but at least it didn't end like as a full-on cliffhanger. Right. So how does that, because you you're in the writer's room as yes. well as being on the show. Yes. How does that work when you're writing the season finale of a show where you don't know if it's coming back. Yeah. Um, well, I think the big thing with this was we shot multiple endings. Um, oh, interesting. Yeah, we shot that. The I guess this is spoiler alert um, for anyone who hasn't seen it. Just letting you know. But um, in the finale, Pete basically is with John Mulaney after this like really cool opportunity where he got to perform at Town Hall. And then they go to the cellar and Pete gets passed at the cellar. And then he kind of has this moment where he's like, oh, I'd really like to like share my excitement with Allie. And that's your character. That's my character. And then like he kind of does this walk through the West Village and then he lands at Grace Papaya and Allie's there. Um, But we did shoot an actual scene in Grace Papaya where he like talked about his evening and they kind of like riff and have fun together. And then they walk off. And there was talk of like, will it end with a kiss or no kiss? That was like a big discussion. Um, So uh, the choice for it to end with the kiss, that did come before the news of the cancellation. Mm. And there was discussion of like, well, if you end it with a kiss, it does feel like more of a series finale than Mm -hmm. a season finale. Right. So, yeah, I feel like 
in hindsight, I'm just happy that it, I mean, even though it's not like the kiss was everything, I'm not saying that that one moment was like a make or break, but it, it is kind of nice to put that button on it. Um, when we now know that it's not returning. When you say shot multiple endings. Yeah. Is that, this just shows how much I've don't, I don't know the inner workings of all of this. Um, shot multiple endings and then watched the various ones and decided which were the best or yeah. shot various that that or shot oh, various endings sorry, so I that if you, you get canceled you can go with a certain one versus well the episode is locked in before you hear about cancel okay. or at least in this instance yeah. the episode is locked in before we heard about cancellation so um we just shot a bunch of different options within the same last scene right. so it's like you know, we ended up going with like music playing over everything, but we actually did shoot scenes. Like we shot a scene of the two of them in Grace Papaya, but then we also shot a bunch of dialogue when they're walking mm. off and mm. we were like riffing and we walked by this like sex shop and I was like, Oh Pete, you should go in and like get your navel pierced, like get a little <laughs> dolphin charm. Like we had all these like fun right. riffs walking away. Um, and then they ended up going with like kind of a musical Right. I don't know what you call that. Like an... Oh, oh my God. Inter- the word. Overlude. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know terms. But oh, anyways. I was going to say vignette, but it's really not a yeah, vignette. Yeah, or like just music sort of playing over yeah. the action, no dialogue. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's... I, it's really sad because I did study film and I still don't know what that's called. But um, that's okay. The audience knows what fine. we're talking Someone's about. It's fine. Someone's filling in the blanks somewhere yeah. for me. Someone's um, yelling at their phone yes, somewhere. Thank <laughs> like, you. It's called a yes. overload. Just know that I know <laughs> that this is also annoying that I don't know it. Um, but yeah, so that, uh, yeah, I feel like we kind of covered all of our bases. So mm-hmm. in editing, we would be able to make a choice. Was, uh, was the intention that he would end up with Allie from the beginning um, of the season, at least. Yes, I think so. I think that, yes, I think that uh, we were interested in exploring this other relationship because uh, in Pete's real life, he was dating a girl um, and, and then Kat uh, played by Madeline Wise was sort of loosely based on that experience that he went through in dating this girl. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. And so very loosely, uh, it really ended up changing a lot once mm-hmm. it was cast. Um, but uh, yeah, so I think that I, I think that like we had pitched in the writer's room, like love triangle. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was really important for me, mostly because I'm a huge rom-com fan and, I feel like I'm in the writer's room. I was kind of like the romance advocate. Mm. Like that, I've heard that Judd usually he is, is also. Yeah. He is 100%. He's Judd Apatow. Judd Apatow. <laughs> um, he was really wonderful because every time he was in the writer's room, I feel like we really synced up on like wanting to push that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I was always kind of coming from a place of like, especially like episode six, um, the viewing party, which is the sixth episode of this third season. I was really into like, I I wrote that episode and I knew I wanted like my character and the new girlfriend cat to go head to head. Like that was really important to me that like, and what that looked like, we weren't sure at that point, but I was like, you need like his new girlfriend and his old girlfriend to intersect. Like Mm -hmm. you want that, that bathroom scene in that episode was really important to me. I like really fought to keep that in because I was like, you need, were they trying to take it out? Um, I believe there was talk of cutting it and I was like, it has, it like, it absolutely has to stay in because it's, 
it's also fun those moments where like Pete's not there but like he's yeah. being talked about or like fought over. It's mm. just like Right. I just think that adds a different layer than oh, just was that, always following from his perspective. Was that was that the question is like, does it make sense that we would be seeing something that happens no. without him there? No, because we've had other instances mm-hmm. in other episodes where it's like Pete isn't there. Right. Or, yeah. So that wasn't really it. It was more just like, do we need it? And mm-hmm. I was like, we need it. Yeah. We got to have it. So my husband and I actually had a little mini debate about the was the episode called the viewing party yes about the viewing party um because in the episode this is a little bit more of a spoiler alert (laughs) um in the episode the girl that pete's dating gets very jealous and kind of goes nuts um which i was very surprised by because i was very taken with their romance and i thought they Mm. were gonna stay together um and so she has this complete like hostile overreaction um although the fact that like she's jealous of your character which i thought was just her being kind of psycho uh, these are these are big words but then the fact that there is like a rekindling of his romance with your character it's like oh well how much was she picking up on right. it but here's what the the debate was daniel my husband was saying she was drunk um you know because th- i was like I guess it's over between them because to me, like there's no coming back from the way she acted like the relation there. This is the end of their relationship. And he was saying it doesn't necessarily have to be. She was drunk. Like he seemed to sort of have more of a soft spot for her. Um, Do you think that I now see my question is going to be, and is, do you think that that means that, their relationship has to be over. And then now I'm wondering, this is getting too stream of consciousness. <laughs> now no, I'm wondering though, like, am I asking that? Cause I'm not really asking about the characters. I'm asking more like in real life, if something like that happens, do you think that has to be over? I'm oh, asking both. Oh, That's interesting. Um, the answer is I don't know. I think that that I'm also glad to hear that that was a debate. Cause I feel like that was also a debate in the writer's room. Oh, interesting. I was really like, I don't want it to be like cats wrong and Allie wins. Like I was really like cat is right to feel paranoid. Right. Um, because Pete is kind of like, he did lie to her about like hanging out with his ex-girlfriend in the The episode four. Yeah. Yeah. So I, yeah. I, and I also think like she was so mean in the street, in the street fight. That's why I was like, Cause I just know personally, if someone ever talked to me the way she talked to him, I'd be like, okay, I'm done. You're, yeah. I can't handle someone yeah. who's got this much anger. Right. Like I'm afraid. Well, he's actually, he actually says he's afraid of her. Yeah. I mean, I think that the deaf voice, uh, was, oh, I, yeah, I that, that was too. every time I see that, I, I like gasp, like yeah. it catches me off guard every single time. And right. she does it so seamlessly where you're just like, whoa, you are way too comfortable right. doing that. <laughs> Um, right right but uh but then also in like the scene after that Allie's like she says to pete like well people say terrible stuff when they're upset mm. so there is kind of this thing of like yeah i mean like people when they're arguing can be so boundaryless right and it doesn't mean they're a bad person it's coming from a place of like not learning like that is 
blatantly disrespectful and even when you're mad at someone you there's certain barriers you just can't cross because then it goes into abusive territory right and like some people fight dirty like in my family like people fight dirty and then apologize and it's like that's not that's not okay like you cannot take people down to that degree and then be like i'm sorry Mm -hmm. you're like no like no one's gonna forget having deaf voice done to them like that's intensely wrong yeah yeah um when when you wrote it were were you feeling like we're this is the dissolution of their relationship like you're writing it in a way where the audience will get that they have that they're not getting yeah, back together i think so i think I, I even there was one point where when we were filming it i said to pete and judd i don't know that we need a break or like a proper breakup in episode seven i was like i think that it, there might even be something interesting about kind of ripping the band-aid off and then and then we pick up from a place of like oh they haven't spoken in a, in mm-hmm. a while um but i think it's probably good well i don't know how do you feel are you glad that there was a wrap-up in seven um like that the conversation towards the end again spoiler alert (laughs) i'm trying to think i well yes to me it was so like they're done like they're just obviously done this is it yeah but then the fact that daniel had more of felt more compassion toward her and and was more willing to forgive it as um, she was drunk. She was, you know, yes, yes, she overreacted, but, you know, can't you understand where she's coming from a little bit? And then I thought, am, you know, am I being too quick to think that this means what I think it means? Right. So then seeing the breakup, I was like, no, I'm right. So I did like to see it. I don't, I think if I hadn't had the conversation with Daniel, though, I would have just assumed it. they're done. Right, right. Yeah, um, it just makes me so happy that that there is even like a discussion being had. It makes me because I feel like in general, because we knew we were kind of going to bring it back around to Pete and Allie mm-hmm. being together, um, there was a lot of talk of like we don't want to villainize Cat. Like, right. I don't want people to come away being like, "Well, fuck her." Like, and I think some people still felt that way. Yeah, we, we, I mean that's essentially how we all kind of felt. We were like, "Well, it's a little, a little much." What right. she did. Yeah, but I do like that. You know, I do, I think there's especially when you're when you're writing female characters, I think it's good to kind of be compassionate towards them, mm-hmm. even if what they're doing on screen is like decisively like negative. Like would right. fall into the negative box. You're like, okay, but at least it like has some like passion and reason behind it Mm -hmm. versus just like, she's a fucking psycho, you know, (laughs) like I don't think she is. I think, right. And we also, I think that some of um, her backstory got cut out, but I think we were kind of saying like, well, you know, she's been cheated on before and Mm. you know, there's, there's reason for her to be sort of flagrantly furious with pete and jumping to this conclusion right. that like she's about to get cheated on which right. she kind of was um i, I didn't have, realize that have, yeah we wouldn't have de- i don't think we would have depicted it but like y- she was picking up on something real mm-hmm. so it's interesting mm-hmm. yeah um ridiculous Ooh, your book yeah. 2016 it's an unfiltered guide to being a bride mm-hmm. uh 
let's talk about that. And also, so it is, is it being turned into a TV show? It is. It's in development right That's now. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we just, uh, we basically just cast all of the couples. Um, I kind of want it to be like queer eye, but for weddings, mm-hmm. um, not exactly like queer eye, but I do want it to kind of be like, I would swoop in and, and help people who are struggling through their wedding process, not just dealing with sort of the more superficial stuff like we see in most wedding shows, which is like, you know, the cake and the dress and right. the, you know, making sure the venue's locked down. I want to get into like, are you guys okay as a couple? Cause mm-hmm. like, I know when I was planning my wedding, my husband and I were fighting a lot and it got pretty vicious. Mm-hmm. And, um, I think that there's a lot of shame around that. I don't think everyone necessarily has my experience, but I do. I, the more I talk to people after writing that book, people reach out and they're like, Oh, okay. You're making me feel a lot less crazy. Cause my, wedding planning experience sounds more like yours than I guess what people are telling me it should look like, Mm. which is like the best time of your life. Enjoy it. (laughs) And it's like, Oh, it was not the best time of my life. No, me neither. No, not at all. Was the fighting wedding related? Yes. Yeah. Uh, It started with wedding, started with wedding, but then led to bigger, bigger arguments. Um, Like it would start with like, how much we're spending on X, Y, and Z. And then it would lead into like, well, you're just bad with money. Like that kind of stuff where I was like, oh, it's just bringing up all of this. It's almost like um, plan- the the wedding planning and the arguments around wedding planning. They're like samples of what's to come in your relationship. It's kind of like, well, if this is difficult now, imagine what it's going to be like when we're married. And there's just a lot of like panic, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Um that comes from that where you're like, Oh, if we're fighting like this about these smaller things that are seemingly insignificant, are we going to be able to handle fighting about something that's really important? So there was a lot of, yeah, that fear from that. I think. How was your actual wedding? It was great. Yeah. The wedding was fine. Wedding was great. I mean, I, I think because there was so much tension leading up to it is it, I did enjoy myself and I really did forget all of that like when it was actually going on mm-hmm. but I do look back and I'm like yeah it still wasn't worth it like it was wonderful it was really great to like have everyone together and it really was like in a beautiful space and like our hotel was really awesome it was like really conducive to having everybody hang out there were like a lot of really cool like bars on the property and so like we would like where did you guys get married um, at we got married at uh, this place called Eden Gardens, which is like the corniest uh, name. <laughs> but then the hotel was Westlake Village Inn, which is like a pretty big wedding hotel mm-hmm. uh, in Moore Park, California. And we, yeah, the, it was, there was like a wine bar on the premises that had a bunch of like picnic tables and like really good food and coffee and snacks. And like, it was just like a great hang. Almost... To the point where I'm like, oh, I could have done without the wedding. I just wanted to like get everybody together. That part was really fun. Yeah. So the book is explain the format of the book. The format of the book, um, it's it's a uh, it's a journal. It's a documentation of my wedding planning. I wrote it in real time mm. as I was getting married. So if something happened i would literally take to my laptop and write about it Um, with the intention of this might be a book someday oh oh no we sold it right when i got engaged so i was able to then take the wedding planning process and 
really like you know dig in it was pretty cathartic because i had i had a place to i had an outlet to talk about it um but then also our publisher did wanted to have like prescriptive pieces so there is a guidebook element to it coming from this like real experience that i had so everything in there especially when i read it now i'm like oh man this was like this was so real for me like Mm -hmm. everything in here all of the emotions and yeah, everything was just like, you can really feel it when you read it. You're mm-hmm. like, this was going on as I was documenting this. Right. Yeah. I remember I had heard wedding planning is so stressful. And I remember at the very beginning being like, I, I don't understand what's so same, stressful about it. Same. And then same it exact quickly same became worse, really worse than you even had. Oh yet. my God. Same. same. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh, no one knows what they're talking about. That's for people where like their wedding is the only thing they've yeah. ever cared about in their life. Like it's because they don't have a creative. I literally was like, it's they don't have a creative outlet. I have a creative outlet mm-hmm. with stand up. Like I have, you know, my career, like I, I can easily just like compartmentalize the wedding as its own thing. Mm-hmm. And it truly <laughs> took over my life. Yeah. yeah. It's weird how that happens. I really bought in or got mind fucked by the whole like it's your day thing so totally. and, I, and so then all this shit that like i don't i remember being asked like what's your favorite flower i'm like i don't know i Who don't i honestly that? don't know yeah but then I like mean, somebody knows that yeah. but it's not me it's <laughs> no, not no. you me neither but i did start caring a lot about the flowers and like a, i cared a lot about every single tiny aspect that like really who cares and also now? no one notices yeah i no know one notices i know yeah but like i still look at photos and i'm like oh i chose the wrong tablecloth oh, wow and- <laughs> that's i mean really- that's not my main thought sure but sure I still sure think that. i still i'm like i don't like that and like yeah it's like oh my god the uh, daniel and i always joke that like if we ever get married again two other people will know how to do it yeah <laughs> but also I kind of, and you, you, um, I read, where did I read this excerpt? I can't, I read the beginning of the Mm. book and you were like saying that like, okay, you know, no one make jokes about how we're just going to elope, but I sort of wish that Daniel and I had just eloped. Me too. You do? Yeah. I wish I had eloped or I wish I had done a destination. I wish I had done like a party for all my Mm -hmm. friends and then done a destination thing with like really immediate like yeah just like again like the the, the core something smaller yeah. yeah the core where it's like there's only 40 of us or right, something and right. we all take a trip or even less i don't know why i said 40 that sounds like a lot of people um but some you know a smaller thing right, my, right. my wedding had like 125 guests oh, that's big. and again the 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 hanging out at the hotel was the best part mm-hmm. i mean like really when everyone's just like relaxed i was like i think i just I don't think I wanted a wedding. I think I wanted like a family reunion. Yeah. <laughs> which I'm sure even if you call it a family reunion, then you're going to put more pressure on yourself to like execute the best family <laughs> reunion of all time. Right. But it's truly just like, I almost want to in a couple of years, like just pick a destination and a, and a weekend and be like, whoever can come, come and yeah. we'll all do this again. Cause we have great hangout chemistry. Mm-hmm. Right. So let's make that happen. And then remove the stress of like, of of events because the events were really not the best part Mm -mm. for me my wedding was not my favorite part my favorite part was like the thursday everybody arrived we didn't have plans and we had said whoever's here we we didn't even know when people were arriving so Mm -hmm. we're like whoever's at the hotel 
feel free to come hang out with us um in the like what i think it was called like the vineyard or whatever mm-hmm. that was like their little like wine coffee bar with the picnic tables and so many people came and then at some point like people ordered some appetizers and some food started flowing and like i don't i think there was discussion of who's picking up the check for those and i remember <laughs> being like really icked out i was like someone just handle it yeah whatever it is it's not a lot of money compared to what we've already spent right so just someone like put it on your card i don't know like be an adult like yeah. just just put down that card uh um but i but other than that i remember just being like do you mean discussion of like which family was taking yeah there was like i just overheard like rumblings of like oh you know a lot of appetizers were ordered who's gonna pick it up i don't know i was just kind of like yeah like just somebody handle it i don't know um but other than that i remember it just being very easy right fun and yeah yeah. and there were like fire pits that is love a good fire pit yeah Yeah. and then people were just kind of like gathered around the fires and yeah it was fun and it was like you know a real a real uh merge of my family my oldest oldest friends from texas and then like some sort of newer friends or like people on dan's side that i didn't know as well so it's just like kind of an interesting group Mm -hmm. and it felt very low pressure yeah how was your wedding planning tony I was going to ask if I could share a very quick please, wedding please. planning story. It doesn't got, even have to be quick. I got married like a year and a half ago. Oh. And um, we, you know, the planning was stressful, but we were getting through it. I weirdly actually, to an extent, kind of enjoy putting things together like that. Um, and so we had our venue selected, uh, you know, the date. And the date was actually important to us because we, we had found out after we started dating that our uh, parents wedding anniversaries were two days apart so we wanted to pick the date between oh that's That's so cute yeah it was like it just seemed like and then so we looked and we're like it's on a sunday so that kind of works like we could do a sunday wedding so all that all that was in place got the date got the venue we'd already sent out invitations uh some family had already picked hotels flights and all that uh and then literally two months to the day uh from the wedding got a phone call from the venue mm. saying that we could not have it there anymore. Why? They were doing some remodeling. <gasps> oh, no. Oh. Yeah. That's horrible. Mm-hmm. And uh, thankfully, long story short, it was actually like best case scenario. We ended up, again, I think having a Sunday wedding worked in our favor because a lot, most weddings are Saturdays. Right. So with that short of notice, uh, places were actually still available on that Sunday. Um, and we actually got into a better venue and I think they kind of cut us a deal because That's they nice. knew what was going on. And mm-hmm. So it ended up being did kind you of did, better... Were there tears? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Cause From that's the... so, wow. That is... That's like, that's like a, oh, fuck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. I got that phone call. And, uh, yeah, I was just like, I did not want to have that conversation. Yeah. With, yeah and, yeah, I, I did a lot of the crying. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. So had something happened that made them have to do remodeling? No. It was literally, like, cosmetic stuff. They wanted to put in new, like, curtains and carpet and stuff. How can they do that? I don't know. <laughs> I assume God, that they gave you bastards. all your money back. They did, and we actually also, on top of that, took them to small claims oh, court, good. and we got money from them. So that's amazing. Yeah, for wow. what breach of contract or yeah, and and because we ended up having to spend a little bit more money um, oh. for the new venue, yeah. So they kind of like covered the the cost for that. Good, so, good. Yeah. Did amazing. you guys actually have to go to court? We 
showed up at the courthouse and then got to go into the, this little, like, I forget what they call it, a little room with just this woman and us and then kind of like discussed it with them. And they're like, do you actually want this to go or can we kind of like work this out here? And we worked it out there. So Nice. Um, that's still fucked up though. Yeah. But you ended up with a nicer place. Yeah. It ended up being like so much better. Right. But boy, getting there was not fun. Where did you end up getting married? At the Calamigos oh, here I've in Burbank. Oh, i of that place. Oh. Mm-hmm. It's super uh, nice. Yeah, it's pretty. All right. Let's... Oh, wait. So the TV show though, do you know what network it, or what, where it's going to be? I do, but I don't think I can say. Okay. It. It's a streaming service. Mm-hmm. This is very exciting. Yeah. So you're hosting it and you yes. are helping the couples. Yes. And we've cast, uh, we've cast couples for uh, each episode if it goes to series. Um, and we have three backup couples as well. And all the couples are so unbelievable. They're so interesting. They're from all over the United States. Everyone has such a different story they have such funny casts of characters in their families yeah a lot of good so will you be traveling for the show yes yes will we actually see them get married yes i go to the weddings oh wow yeah so we do lead up we do lead up to wedding and then we also actually attend the wedding so i'm Mm -hmm. kind of like a positive i keep calling it like positive wedding crashers right go and like yeah if anything crazy happens on the fly like i I swoop in and handle it so i'm kind of like a wedding god godmother a little right fairy godmother so these people are willing to have their whole wedding situation filmed. Yeah, it's really interesting. Um, we actually have the same casting people who do Queer Eye mm. handling it. So when I heard that, I was like, well, that's um, that's really good because I think I think they do such a good job of like getting people getting families that you really root for on that show. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's that's like I want a similar vibe. I, I don't I don't I'm not trying to make like a trashy crazy reality right. show where it's like it must have been heartwarming yeah i mean it's you know every everyone's a little when emotions are flying everyone's trashy um that's just <laughs> the way it is yeah. myself included uh but i i think that's not like the goal um we did there was like one couple we saw where i was like they i feel like they're gonna break up and mm. at first i was like ooh, that's kind of interesting <laughs> right and then i was like no it's kind of a bummer like yeah I don't know if I want. I don't want to feel I, exploitative. I think I'll, yeah. And also like that, that could, you know, who knows once we actually start like getting into it with these couples, like we might really uncover some things that, you know, are, are hard for them to deal with or, you know, they, they need help mm-hmm. in real ways. And like, I think if they at least appear solid to begin with, right. We'll have plenty of crazy, no matter what, because weddings are crazy. Um, so I don't think we need to start from a place of like, they're on thin ice. <laughs> right. But who knows? Maybe that'll be a, a storyline at some point. We don't know. And do you have a team of people who will also be tending to them? Yeah. So um, right now we're trying to cast, uh, we're in the process of casting the couples and then potentially like a co-host and a guest host as well so there mm. might be like th- me plus two people right um but we're i think it's also going to depend on the wedding like you know if i need backup in a specific way mm. for a specific issue you know who could i call upon for that right like a therapist or something yeah i mean i that's that's definitely something that has been discussed so we'll see when we last talked you said that you went through a dr phil phase Oh yeah. Are you still into him? No. I, I, you know, I listened to an episode of his podcast though. That was very good. I didn't even know he had a podcast. Yeah. He's like interviewing people. Hmm. Um, like he interviewed Kathy Bates and it was excellent. 
I was like, oh, he's like a really big Kathy Bates fan. So much I don't know about him. I know. And like, (laughs) she was so lovely. Like, not that you would expect anything less from Kathy Bates, but she was so Kathy Bates. It was like a really great interview. Yeah. Well, there you but go. yeah, I watched it a lot in college. That's probably what I told you. Was that I was like obsessed with it. You with said he was your it... boyfriend. What? Yeah, I mean you were joking. Oh, but... okay. That's <laughs> I was like me. Um, yeah, but I I was really into it when it first came on the air, mm-hmm. and then it got a little it got a little too wacky for me. Right. Yeah, it started to kind of enter like Jerry Springer territory, mm-hmm. where I was like, oh, this is not what I signed up for. Right. I want like a therapist giving. Mm-hmm sound therapist advice yes and it just kind of devolved into like you know um your sister's fucking your cousin like it was just (laughs) crazy there was a woman uh who briefly had a show and her name was marilyn kagan and it was like a dr phil but she was like this compassionate therapisty lady and I don't know when it was on. I don't know if it was just local. And I don't know what happened to her. And I probably should have done some Googling before bringing it up. But I'm just saying, I get wa- I get wanting that. And I briefly had it with old Marilyn Kagan. And then I don't know what <laughs> happened. Okay, let's take some questions Great. that people sent in. They sent them in on Patreon and on Twitter. I'm on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Allison Rosen is where you go for all sorts of fun bonus stuff, behind the scenes stuff. Um, extra episodes, bonus episodes, etc. Okay. When we ask, they send them in. They're wondering how you have been. So thanks so much for answering these questions from our fans. Lisa Murphy Tate would like to know: Did she have fun on Girl Code? Looked like it was a blast. It was so fun. Yeah, uh, Girl Code was uh, it was like my first. It felt like my first thing. Like it really was like the first thing I ever booked, and felt really proud to be a part of. Um, and uh, you'd get like you basically were interviewed by different people, different producers who worked on the show. But the main director of Girl Code was Laura Murphy, who was just so she's so funny and she does such a good job of like pulling the funniest version of yourself out of you. And, um, yeah. So I, I just, it was, it was really like a very special show. Still, it still feels special. I wish it was still going. It's Mm -hmm. such a great show. Randy Lawson would like to know how much was the stand up her character did on crashing pulled from her own act. And for that matter, which if any storylines were based on her real experiences. Uh, stand up. It was about 50, 50. Um, some, I pulled some older jokes that made it in, uh, but then we also wrote a lot of stuff new, um, for the character. Uh, so yeah, I would say it's about half and half and then, um, storyline. Uh, I mean, like the comedy condo episode was have- no, yeah, I've, I've been to a comedy condo, but I've, I've only stayed at one by myself. I've never been there with mm. people. I didn't really, you know, know that I, in that situation, right. it was like I didn't know that Pete was going to, or I did know that Pete was going to be there, but very late. Mm-hmm. Um, that hasn't happened to me, but, um, I would say overall storyline would just be like just that feeling probably episode five of the second season was the most true to life because it was where Allie was like, bouncing around from show to show and pete was kind of following her along Mm. um that that felt 
that felt pretty real to me. Not necessarily the having someone tag along, but uh, I would bounce around from show to show every single night for five years of my life when I was um, living in New York City. Um, when I started oh. out in stand-up. Whitney C. would like to know, what hairstyles has she hated and loved on herself? Oh. Hated? When I was 13, I really wanted like swoopy bangs, but I have a calic <laughs> in the middle of my head. So anytime I have bangs cut, they always part down the middle mm-hmm. and just look like curtains. <laughs> and um, I remember getting my getting the, the quote unquote swoopy bangs at Tony and Guy, and I hated them so much that I ended up just like pinning them back with like two little barrettes. And uh, so when I look at photos of myself from that time, I'm just like, man, I really hated those bangs and <laughs> god damn that calic <laughs> um okay and then from uh twitter jody burke says the last episode was perfect i am so sad it's over it seems the she wrote new jersey club scenes mm-hmm. uh were pretty indicative of the way female comics are treated has that been your experience doing doing stand-up uh, not so overtly. Um, yeah, not so overtly, but definitely over the years, there have been a lot of, uh, microaggressions that I think even when they were happening, I wasn't aware that that's what they were. I wasn't able to label them so accurately, but then looking back, I'm like, Oh, that's, that's a weird thing that happened. Like recently I was in Syracuse doing stand up and there was like a guy in the front row who was kind of like, I don't know. He just had this like weird, creepy expression on his face. And every time I would take a sip of water, he'd be like, Oh yeah, drink that water. And I was like, Oh, it was (laughs) so gross. And then afterwards I told the club owner and, or not the club owner. That's not true. Someone who worked, someone who was at the show, Mm -hmm. worked at the show. And I was like, Oh yeah, that guy was so gross. And then their reaction was like, yeah, it was pretty annoying. And I'm like, no, it wasn't annoying. It was like scary. Right. So like just little things like that where you're like, oh, yeah, it's weird. Like that I wasn't more like protected in that scenario. Because mm-hmm. um, that felt like when that was happening, they could have like, like come up to him. Someone could have come up to him and been like, please stop. Like you're being weird and gross. Right. Um. So, yeah, that the stuff like that happens on stage. Like one time I was in Michigan and someone just yelled out whore during my set. And I was like, what did I even say? That was talking about being married. Right. What are you talking? Not that that's even, what are you, why, why that label? Why shouted at me? Like that type of stuff happens where you're just like, and no one said anything to that person. No, I actually think maybe that person got kicked out. I can't remember, but no, they didn't, they didn't get kicked out. No, they just, the the people who own the club were just like, yeah, he's really drunk. And I'm like, I don't care. Get rid of him. Who needs that person? Yeah. So it's more just like general, like general threats of, Mm. of, yeah, that make you feel uncomfortable. Mm. Aaron Frank, you were the breakout star of Crashing. Sorry to see it go. The show makes established older comedians seem so willing to go to bat for younger comics. Is that really how it is or sort of exaggerated for the show? Um, uh, wait, sorry. It makes older, uh, older, older comics seem, uh, seem unwilling. No, seem willing. Oh, seem, seem willing. Seem so willing. Oh, seem so willing. Yeah. Sorry. I don't know why I just blanked. No, um, I probably wasn't. Oh, clear. no. Uh, I think, yeah, I do. I think that that happens a pretty good amount. I think that, I think we, we champion the next generation for sure. 
because also what choice do you have like mm-hmm. you you have to like shepherd and embrace your community you know whether they're older than you or younger than you you're all part of it so yeah and lastly dimitri ravenos says even though the oh you you kind of answered this even though the rug uh got pulled out from under crashing would you agree that the ending we got was kind of perfect I yeah I would agree I think it's a really nice ending and I think that it it's conclusive but also does kind of leave like uh, leaves room for interpretation of like what happens with Pete and Allie what happens with Pete and his career like I think someone on Twitter was saying like oh they become a power couple and I was like sure like choose your own adventure (laughs) yeah yeah um Okay, now we do a segment called How Dare You, which is where I ask you nosy questions, um, and you don't have to answer. You can say, how dare you? Okay. But uh, first, I like to ask, on a scale of one to ten, one being an open... No, have I done it wrong? One being very private, and ten being an open book. Like, where do you put yourself? Um, Probably, like, at a seven. Okay, interesting. Happy be on the show. Ask me anything you want to know. And I'll be sure to what? How dare you? One okay. was private, right? One is super private. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ten's seven. an open book. I'd say seven. Have you ever had sex in public? No. Um Have you ever cheated on someone? No. Have you ever been cheated on? No. I don't think. Actually, maybe. Maybe. By this one dude he kind of just phased me out. Yeah. But you think he might have cheated on you? I think so. But I was, we weren't like dating super exclusively, but to me it was like, I just didn't understand that people could date more than one person at a time. Mm -hmm. So it was more just like, Oh, he's sleeping with other people. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think the first guy I dated, I, I don't think I understood that like, you might just be someone's booty call. Like I didn't get that. And I was like, why isn't he acting more like my boyfriend? I know. <laughs> it's like, I think he just wanted to hook up. That's what's so, yeah, that's, that happens so, oh, so way too many times yeah. where you're just like, oh, I thought I just have always been like one person at a time pretty much. And yeah, it's always shocking. You're like, oh, they're just, they've got a rotation going. Right. Yeah. How, how did you lose your virginity? Um, I lost my virginity uh, in a hotel room bed. It sounds more scandalous than it is. Um, we had gone to uh, the Warp Tour. And so we were like going to the festival during the day. And mm-hmm. then we like ended up sleeping together at um, in the hotel after the after the festival. And was it a good experience? It was just an experience. I don't really remember being like, that was awesome or that was terrible. Mm-hmm. It was more just like that happened. Was it, was this someone? It was with a boyfriend. With a boyfriend. Yeah, yeah. What uh, year warp Tour? Yeah. I know that's a weird question. Oh, I don't even ask. remember. <laughs> We're doing um, the same thing. I was 16. Okay. Yeah. It's kind of young. And you were born in 83, right? Yes. So that would mean it was 99-ish. Yeah, it wasn't a great year. Where, which, uh, which tour location? It was in Austin, Texas. Okay. And, um... We saw no effects that day, I think. And I'm trying to remember. That's the only band I remember seeing that whole Warp Tour. Maybe Wait, Black that was Eyed really Peas. Er- Maybe before they like became huge. That was really. That was pretty early on in War. It was like the third or fourth year, I think. Yeah, I think so. Probably. Were you on? He used to be in a, a band. Were you oh. on the Warp Tour? 
Not at that point, but I did it what a lot of times. I used to play in a band called Motion City Soundtrack. Oh, okay. Cool. I did a lot of warp tours. Oh. Was it fun? No. <laughs> the kids were so young. I, I mean, really I, will, young. Yeah. I will say it did really great things for the band. Like, mm-hmm. it, I so I think of it fondly that way. But as far as an actual just experience and to spend your entire summer outside all day, every day, there's no escape from the noise and the heat. And uh, it's just, it's a, it's a long, it's a long summer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is there camaraderie? Yeah. It, that, that'll be like, that is the one fun part is like kind of the end of it when the actual festival is over and the, all the buses are just parked nearby and a lot. And then they'll have a barbecue every night and like all the bands and people oh, that that sounds hang fun. out like that part is fun, mm-hmm. but the, the, reality of the rest of it not so fun right yeah jamie lee thank you so much oh for coming on the show it I was so great fun. catching up with you um i'm s- when when m- might we see this new show i don't know i'm like truly in this place where everything in my life is up in the air i have no idea but definitely in 2019 okay yeah i'm very excited for this thank um, you yeah i loved you on crashing thank you i'm bummed that uh that it's it's not coming back, so I'm just going to have to rewatch from the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> Start from Epi 1. That's right. Get into it all over again. <laughs> um, there is a hair on my lip, and I need everyone to know about it, but I'm, I'm getting rid of it. Okay. Tell everyone where they can find you, plug yeah. your things. Great. Um, yeah, I'm on Instagram at really Jamie Lee and on Twitter at the Jamie Lee. And uh, you can buy my book, uh, Wediculous, An Unfiltered Guide to Being a Bride. It's available at wediculousbook.com. And uh, it's also available as an ebook. And you and you audio book. Yes. And whatever. You, yeah. Narrated by you and narrated by me. Yeah. Wonderful. Tony, where do we find you? Uh, Twitter and Instagram at Tony Thaxton. Uh, I have a bunch of tour dates coming up. East Coast tour dates with Don't Stop or We'll Die at the end of March and early April. And then uh, some Tiny Stills dates uh, at the end of April. Wonderful. And I, uh, no touring for me, but I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Allison Rosen. My website, AllisonRosen.com. There's t-shirts and ringtones and other, and I have a book out too. Um, and you can get information about that on my website, AllisonRosen.com. And patreon.com slash Allison Rosen. I already, I already gave you guys the big plug for that. So, um, so rewind and listen. No, you know what? I'm going to give it again. Bonus stuff and fun stuff and so much access to me. You'll beg me to leave you alone. Okay. Jamie, thank you again. Thank Listeners, you. thank you for listening. I love you. Goodbye. Hey, do you know about the Allison Rosen show? We had a good time. 